This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. It's good to have Gary Borger back on Two Guys in a River. Previously, we talked with him about the making of the film A River Runs Through It, or as he likes to call it, the faking of of the film A River Runs Through It. A lot of tricks you have to use to make that happen. You can listen to that conversation on podcast number six. Anyway, Gary was a consultant on uh, fly fishing related matters, and his son Jason was the guy who did the shadow casting while standing on that big rock in the river. And if you haven't heard of Gary Borger. Then something really is wrong with you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Gary's been fly fishing since 1955. He taught for years at the University of Wisconsin in Wausau, and he really is a legendary fly fisherman. And that's not just overstatement. Since 1972, Gary has taught classes and lectured internationally on all aspects of fly fishing for trout and salmon. What I think is really cool is that the Trout Unlimited chapter to which I belong in northeastern Illinois is, guess, the Gary Borger chapter. Gary, welcome back to Two Guys in a River. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Dave. It's great to be here. Gary, tell us about your family and especially your son, uh, Jason. We're talking today about uh, fly fishing and father-son relationships. Uh, Tell us about Jason. How old is he? What's he doing now? Jason's uh, 45 this year. He'll be 46 in October. And he lives in Vancouver, Washington, just across the Columbia River from Portland, Oregon, and works in Portland, Oregon. He's married and has one daughter, Brooke. What else would they call her? They tried names like lake <laughs> and tailwater and stream. None of those sounded good, but when they got to Brooke, it was perfect. Brooke works. <laughs> oh, that's great. And is he your only he's your only son, right? Jason's our only child, yes. He was born in 1969 in Madison when I was working in my Ph.D. there. And his fishing actually started really early. When he was about, let me try to think, about 20 months old, Nancy and I were fishing along Black Earth Creek outside of Madison, and there were a lot of little brown trout rising, and I hooked one, and I handed the rod to Jason, and I told him, reel. And so he just stuck the rod into his stomach and started cranking. Then suddenly he realized, I don't know how, but somehow that the reel that he was cranking somehow was connected to the line, was connected to the fish that was jumping in the water. And his eyes just got very large, and he squealed, of course, as a little (laughs) child would do. And that was his introduction to the concept of fly fishing. In the previous podcast on A River Runs Through It, you talked about that actually your wife taught him to fly fish as well. That's absolutely correct. Nancy fly fished uh, before we were married. In fact, I got my first fly tying kit when I was 11, and Nancy got her first fly tying kit when she was 11. So you can imagine what happened when we met and we both realized we both played guitar, we both liked to ride horses, we both uh, loved to fly fish, we both liked to hunt. She's a crack rifle shot. I said, man, this is the babe for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I specifically have not allowed my wife to fly fish because she would out fish me. <laughs> yes, well, there's always that chance, of course. Yes. Oh. You just don't admit it, that's all. That's true. So what advice would you give to parents who want to start their sons or daughters fly fishing? 
You know, this is an interesting thing that I've discussed many times in clubs and, and uh, with uh, private groups and just with individuals around over the world. They ask me, well, when did your son start fly fishing? And I tell them he caught his first trout by himself on a fly at the age of two and a half. And, of course, they want to immediately rush, rush their children out and get them fly fishing. But that's not the best concept. The best concept is, hey, this child is a blank slate. He's going to be or she's going to be what they're going to be. And if you try to force them into fly fishing or force them to play golf or force them to like the things you like, of course, they won't. Right. So Jason really wanted to do this by himself. He wanted to do this. This was something he wanted to do. And, of course, as soon as he caught that first fish by himself at the age of two and a half, he was hooked for life. But I recommend the parents just take them fishing. Yes, you can use flies, and yes, you can teach them something like a bow and arrow cast so they don't really have to learn how to cast very far. And you can take them to a pond where there's plenty of bluegills, and they'll have the time of their life, and that's what you're trying to interest them in. You're trying to interest them in doing something in the out-of-doors with you. Yeah. And the second you start telling them, second you start bossing them around, the second you start trying to <laughs> teach them how to do something, you've lost them. Better not to do that. Better to allow them to develop in that. And then when the time comes and they really want to learn something, they'll ask you. And then you have an opportunity. But even then, always remember, their attention spans are short. Hmm. So you can't force them to take you know, fly fishing school at the age of seven. Right. And you can't uh, force things on them if they really want to learn how to do it. I've had children in my fly fishing schools that were 10 years old that were there. They were more excited about it than their parents were and learned, probably learned more than their parents did. I've also had kids that their parents brought them and forced them to do it, and they probably took up bicycling after that and never <laughs> used another fly rod again or golf or something. Uh, that's good advice. That's very good advice. I've often said that fly fishing is really complex to learn when you think about, for me at least, when I was younger and learned, you have, you know, you got the hatch, you've got understanding the river, you've got the casting. Is it the casting that you get them hooked on initially? Is that how you introduce it? Well, I think you get them hooked on catching fish. And you also have to remember that you can get as involved in fly fishing as you want. You can learn to tie flies, you can learn the history, you can learn all the casting stuff, you can focus more in one area than another, you can become just uh, a bass fisherman or a trout fisherman, or you can decide you're going to go for all species, or you can become a saltwater fly fisher. There's lots and lots of areas that there are, that are available to explore in fly fishing. What we have to remember is fly fishing is our sport, not the fish's sport. It's ours. And we can do whatever we dang well please to enjoy it the way we want to enjoy it. So I have friends who would prefer to do nothing but fish dry flies. They don't want to fish nymphs. They don't want to fish streamers. They don't care if they catch bigger fish and more fish. They just want to fish dry flies. Well, if that's their great joy, why not? Why force them to do something that they don't want to do? Or why should they get involved in doing some other aspect of the sport that doesn't really that they're not really excited about? It's our sport, so love what part of it you love. And, if, and for me, the greatest fun in fly fishing is solving problems. Hmm. Interesting. Looking at things, saying, ha, huh, this is happening, so therefore this must be happening. Therefore, understanding the biology of this organism, this must be happening. And then, of course, that's not right at all. That's a, science, you know? <laughs> that's a scientist coming up. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately it is. Science. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh. Let me dig a little bit deeper here. What does fly fishing meant to your uh, father-son relationship, the relationship you have with Jason? And I'm curious how it's helped to form that or shape it or, or help it. Can you talk a little bit about that, Gary? 
Uh, fortunately, I began teaching fly fishing schools as the Midwest director of the Fenwick Fly Fishing Schools in the spring of 1973. And Jason at that time was only three years old. And so he's been involved in that sort of involvement in the teaching part of it since he was very, very young. And because of that, because he would go with us every place we went, because Nancy also taught in the schools, he went with us every place that we went. He just automatically got involved in the fly fishing. And, of course, we would give him little jobs to do in the school. And then later on, he was actually able to start teaching in the schools. So there was that kind of a relationship that developed. The other thing that was interesting about it was because I taught at the university, I had an option of having a nine-month contract, which is what I did. So I did not have a 12-month contract, only a nine-month contract, which meant that in the summer I had three months when I wasn't paid, but that I could do fly fishing schools and get out into the world and do other kinds of things besides teaching at the university center. This allowed us, of course, to travel together as a family. So Jason and Nancy and I have been to uh, all over the world, literally, fly fishing. And, and of course, all of the United States fly fishing. And Jason's been involved in teaching the fly fishing schools. So there was a, a kind of a relationship that developed there that was different than the average person would be able to develop with their child simply because we had those three months in the summer when we acted as a family unit, both working together and traveling together. That's very unique. Would you ever remember a time where you were out either fly fishing or teaching together where you just laughed so hard? <laughs> Most why? of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. We love movies like the Cluzo movie. We love Blazing Saddles, yeah. you know, and, and, and other similar kinds of things. And we know most of the lines in there. So when we're fly fishing, most of the time we're talking like Clouseau or we're using those lines from those movies. And I think all of us, I think everybody, not just my family, but everybody appreciates the idea of, of humor and, and having a good time. And fly fishing uh, is, a, is a good time to be outside doing things together as a family. Somebody once said, listen, fly fishing is not a matter of life and death. It's much more important than that. And, and, <laughs> I would agree and, with that. That's outstanding. That's right. And, and so the, the laughing part of it, as you can see we're doing in here, the laughing part of it is an important part because it does allow us to release tensions of the everyday workaday world yes, kind does. of thing. It really does. And I think, you know, looking at it from my own personal standpoint, but also from the standpoint of many, many people that I know in fly fishing around the world, one of the great things about fly fishing is that when you're when you're doing it, you're just totally focused on the on the wild part of the earth. You're not focused on what happened last night. You're not focused on what happened at work. You're just there doing that. And even and most people, even if they have a cell phone, usually put it on airplane mode or something so it doesn't interrupt them when they're fly fishing. They may want to make a call. Uh, I remember one time we were down in Florida fishing during the worm hatch down there, and, and three of us hooked and jumped 90 tarpon in three nights. And I had to call some friends who had been wanting to hit that worm hatch for years and years and years while we were doing it. Oh, this is my fifth tarpon I've hooked tonight, and I'm looking, I'm going to get another 15 or 20 yet before the need. They, didn't, they were not real happy with me, but I was so glad I had my cell phone along. Oh, oh yeah. that's perfect. You see? Uh, <laughs> what about the other side of the emotion in terms of the father-son relationship? Um, certainly a river runs through it was about this deep love you know, between the father and, and Paul, the son, and also among the two, among the three men in that movie, um, have you had any of that kind of that? 
tension with your son that perhaps fly fishing helped resolve or became a metaphor for it? When Jason was 13, we sent him to New Zealand to live with a friend of mine down there for half a year. And maybe that was at the age right where he was getting ready to rebel. I don't know. (laughs) But he had such a wonderful time down there and caught big trout, of course, and enjoyed himself so much. And like I said, you know, we had those three months together in the summer when it was... It was not a time when Dad was dictating what had to be done. It was a time when we knew things that had to get done because we were teaching the fly fishing schools. And then it was a time for us to be together in camp and a time for us to be together and just travel in the West and fish and and just be a family together. So we really never had problems as many father and teenage sons have. And maybe part of it was that when Jason was 16, he also began filming uh, videos for me and he was the director and I told him flat out Jason I don't care you know if you're only 16 I don't know what has to be done I can't see where I am on the river I can't see if I have to move left or right I can't tell if I have to cast further or not cast further so you have to tell me and if you tell me, and if you tell me, hey, Dad, get your butt over there, I'll get my butt over there because you're the director of this thing and you're going to shoot it and you're going to direct it. And then I did exactly what he told me to do. And maybe that helped to relieve some of that tension. I don't know. Right. I like to think perhaps it did, but but then I was obedient to what he did, to what he told me because <laughs> if you want to make a good movie, you have to do what the director tells you to do. Sure. <laughs> and, and that's kind of a, the, the opposite relationship that you see in, in both the movie and the book, A River Runs Through It, where you've got – uh, a son, Paul, who's at odds with his father in so many ways. I mean, his his father is a minister, and Paul is a journalist who spends all his time, you know, gambling and, and chasing women. And yet, uh, there's situations. And yet, fly fishing provides the context where the two of them can come together and they, they can agree on something and and share some joy as father and son. So I'm I'm curious, though you haven't had that kind of a thankfully you haven't had that kind of a relationship with Jason certainly and in, in in all of your schools and working with people. Have you seen fly fishing help some of those fathers? who are having difficult times with their sons or or maybe sons who are having tough times with their dads? Have you seen any of that? I haven't haven't ever seen problems resolved in that on that scale. I have seen fathers, sons that have come to our fly fishing schools and really enjoyed being there together and, and perhaps they had a good relationship before they came. I have had some schools and this is often the case, where the fathers try to tell the sons what to do. Our standard was we'd have a, a class of anglers and we'd have a line of anglers out there casting. The husband stood at one end of the line, the wife stood at the other end of the line. So he couldn't tell her what to do. Or the son and or daughter yeah. stood at one end of the line and the father and or mother stood at the other yeah. end of the line. So they couldn't tell them what to do. Interesting. There's always that desire on the part of the spouse or the parent to try to be the one who dictates to and or tells or wants to be the one that's in charge and or the one who knows the most, et cetera, et cetera. But many times the children would remember more than the, than the parent would remember yeah. about the casting or about the fish and so on and so on. So right. we, you have to be very careful in that kind of thing, especially if you have a child that you're trying to teach how to fish. You know, as we mentioned, you got to be really, really careful about that and just let them enjoy themselves and have okay. a good time. And don't worry if they don't catch so many fish. Don't worry if their casting isn't perfect right. like, like yours is 
supposed to be, because right. I guarantee you, your casting isn't very good yeah, either. That's no, that's true. <laughs> no, it's not. That's right. <laughs> and I think that is a good reminder. We, we can't look at fly fishing as some kind of a cure-all. You know, if you just go fly fishing with your son, all your problems will magically go away. It's just like you say, it, it's something that can help strengthen that relationship, and maybe it does provide a a uh, venue for some dads and sons and daughters even to uh, relate in ways that they couldn't ordinarily. But yeah, no, nobody's claiming that, uh, yeah, just go out and fly fish with your son or daughter and and that'll repair a, a broken relationship. I will say this. I um, grew up in North Dakota and so I take my boys back pheasant hunting and, and, and grouse hunting and and duck and goose hunting. And so I from basically four on, I would throw them in the car and we head to North Dakota, you know, which is about a 15, 16 hour drive from Chicago. That there's this age in which they, they change and they stop talking to you. We would still do the trip. And no matter how hard things were, there's some, there was something about this annual tradition, going to grandpa's, fishing with the family, or not fishing, we were hunting, hunting with the family. It became a way for us to talk to each other without talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And um, it, I think it enabled us, in fact, I have a 14-year-old right now. My youngest son is 14, and we're going on a fishing trip back to North Dakota next week. And 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 we're at kind of this moment where he doesn't like being around me, but he wanted to go with me on the trip. So mm-hmm. I think fly fishing, in a sense, becomes a medium where you can kind of create some continuity of doing something. And for guys, we've got to be doing something, not talking. <laughs> no, it's very interesting. Focus on the Family once did a survey of their listeners to figure out what was the most enlightening time in their lives when the family could operate as a family. Because Focus on the Family is all about families. Right. Guess what it was? Camping trips. Huh. Why? Because everybody was together. Everybody had something they had to do. They were away from the home in neutral ground, so to speak. There was an opportunity to sit around the campfire and chat and talk and just build community, Mm. you know, family community. And that's one of the things that I think Dave, the hunting trip or, you know, Steve, a fishing trip does be, you know, in the family. And that's why I say that's why I think we were very fortunate with Jason to have three months in the summer when we could just travel and fish and just be in the out of doors and camp and all do all those sorts of things. That really is a gift, isn't it? And I'm curious, did your father teach you to fly fish? How did you pick that up? Uh, no, my father did not teach me to fly okay. fish. And no, nobody taught me how to fly fish. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I started fishing when original. I was, I've started fishing in the mud puddles in front of my parents' house when I was four. All right. And where was that? I grew up in uh, northwestern Pennsylvania, halfway between Pittsburgh and Erie, near the town of Franklin, Pennsylvania. All right. And uh, my father supported my fishing in the sense that he bought me a spinning rod. Mm-hmm. And then when I got a little older, when I was about 10, I started reading all about fly fishing in the outdoor magazines. So I was reading people like Ted Trueblood and, and Joe Brooks and the very sure. young Ernie Schwebert in those days. Wow. And it just sounded like something that was beyond what I was doing in terms of fishing. So I asked for a fly tying kit for my 11th, birth, 11th Christmas, got that, and started tying flies, and away we went. Fascinating. Yep. In summary of the whole topic of father and son or mother and son or the whole family, the idea is get them out, let them catch fish, and don't push it. You know, let it happen naturally. 
And um, I know that's true in my life with my son. The more I push, you know, the opposite direction he heads. Yep. Um, I think fly fishing, though, does provide an ideal venue for fathers and sons to enjoy their relationships and certainly to work through or at least have a way to, you know, stay together and do something that distracts them from the pain in the life. Um, uh, for me, it's been a great gift in my life. It's a way for a parent, for father-son or mother-son or mother-daughter or father-daughter to communicate outside of uh, family matters. Yep. And if they don't try to bring the family matters into it, if they just just allow fly fishing to do what it can do, it can be a great healing salve in family relationships. It really mm. can be. Well, Gary, we want to thank you so much for joining us today on Two Guys in a River. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Thanks again. Been my great pleasure, Dave and Steve. Appreciate it very much. If you'd like to learn more about Gary Borger or learn from him, Dave and I encourage you to go to Gary's website. That's www.garyborger.com. G-A-R-Y-B-O-R-G-E-R. That's www.garyborger.com. If you have any stories about fishing with your son or daughter, please go to twoguysinariver.com. That's two guys in a river with a two and comment on this podcast link. Also be sure to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook and subscribe to our podcast via iTunes. If you have an iPhone or Stitcher, if you have a droid. Thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are two guys in a river. For the love of fly fishing. Fly fishing.